Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 42. They only know about hypnosis because of the stage show. And they think it's just a either a comedy routine or a scam or, I don't know, mind control at its worst. And it's honestly none of those things. Hypnosis is simply a a state where you are guiding a person into a relaxed state where they can make change. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success. Today is just another amazing interview and a ton of fun as I actually get hypnotized live on the show from a hypnotist or hypnotherapist, uh, Doug Sands. This is just a really fun episode as I talk with Doug Sands about using hypnotism to tap into the subconscious mind and either fix issues that might be causing blocks for you or just open up the the subconscious mind and and kind of tap into that flow state, which is something that we regularly look for, whether you're in athletics, um, business, or music, any of that kind of thing. People are regularly looking to tap into that flow state, and, and Doug kind of talks about how he uses hypnotism to also tap into flow state. So this was just a really fun and intriguing episode. I learned a ton and again, got hypnotized live on the show. Uh, Doug will kind of walk us all through that hypnotism together. So if you guys want, uh, you can get hypnotized as well on the show. And I would just love to hear from you guys what you think about the show as well as whether or not the hypnotism worked for you guys. So uh, let's wait no longer and just jump right into it. Here is Doug Sands. First off, Doug, thank you so very much for joining me and stoked to have you here on the show. Um, we we kind of met online and I was very intrigued with the fact that you are a hypnotist. And so I remember back when I was like a kid going to a, a county fair and seeing like a hypnotist there. But other than that, I really don't know very much about hypnosis and and really kind of how you use it in these different aspects. And so first, can you just give me a, you know, a brief little rundown on how you got to be a hypnotist and how you use, you know, hypnotherapy or or any of that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Being a hypnotist wasn't really my first idea of a career that I wanted to do. I started out being, I started out wanting to be a fiction author. And looking back, I realize now there's a very strong through line. I mean, the language patterns that I'm learning in hypnosis, they have a very strong link to, you know, English language and everything but that. But um, it took me searching for my purpose, searching for something that I really wanted to do in life. I struggled with mental health and I was in college and at the time I was really not satisfied. And so I dropped out and I started bouncing around the US doing some seasonal work. And while I was out in Maine and New Hampshire, I was trying to manage my own mental illnesses without medication, without therapy. I was trying to really do it on my own. And after a pretty dangerous hike, I got lost in a blizzard. Um, I had this, this moment I realized I couldn't continue living the way I was living anymore. And I was trying to deal with anxiety and I discovered meditation and meditation was that first time that I realized I could actually have some influence over my own emotions. And I got hooked and I just started researching it and practicing it more. And a lot of people don't realize there's a very interesting link between hypnosis and meditation, especially when you look at the brainwave patterns behind both of them. And I discovered hypnosis via a podcast about meditation and the link between them. And when I, I was curious enough at that point to just dive in and try to figure it out a little bit. And I used some very rudimentary tools 
to make some changes in my own life. And when I saw just how effective those tools were, even without a very strong foundation in it, I knew that I had to do more of this and that I had to bring it to other people. So I got certified in it and now it's what I practice full time. And as you mentioned, a lot of people, they only know about hypnosis because of the stage show. And they think it's just a either a comedy routine or a scam or I don't know, mind control at its worst. And it's honestly none of those things. Hypnosis is simply a, a state where you are guiding a person into a relaxed state where they can make change. In the, when you're using it on the stage, you're guiding them to that place where they feel comfortable. Their inhibitions are lowered and they are able to act out and be, um, I don't know, adventurous on the stage. But they're not doing really anything they wouldn't do otherwise in real life. I mean, you're not hypnotizing someone to beat someone up on stage or to strip off all the clothing. If you told them to do that, their mind would bring them out of trance because you've broken the trust that was established when they came onto that stage. Interesting. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things that that you just said that that I want to dive into that I find really interesting. First off, I guess, what is the main difference then between hypnosis um, versus maybe just like a, a meditation practice or something like that. Because I've definitely meditated and I I do meditation practice fairly regularly, though I would never call that hypnosis. Um, so could you just yeah. explain a little bit of, of the main differences there? Absolutely. So it all comes down to the brainwave patterns and the intention behind what you're doing. Solo meditation is typically not very, not extremely linked to a, hypnosis, but guided meditations are actually extremely similar to hypnosis. So our brainwave patterns right now in normal waking day life, they're at beta frequency. And some people say that's 12 to 20 Hertz. Some say it's like 20 to 24 Hertz. It's right in that normal range of where we're at in conscious everyday speech. Uh, When we are meditating, especially solo meditating, our minds tend to go faster than normal. A lot of people think meditation is about slowing your thoughts and slowing down your mind. But when you look at the science behind it, your thoughts are actually speeding up and they're going into that frequency above beta um, called gamma. And when you're in a, a guided meditation, instead, you're actually dropping down lower on the scale. Your brain waves are slowing down. So you're dropping from beta to alpha, which is a light trance where you're in highway hypnosis or you're getting lost in a really good book or in the flow state, something like that. And in really deep guided meditations, you're going all the way down to theta. And theta is that really creative frequency right above sleep. It's that, it's that state you pass through right before you fall asleep. If you've ever had a really good idea that came to you right as you're lying in bed, that's because you're probably in that theta state. And when you are in that state, you're very relaxed, you're very open to suggestions. And that's why a lot of guided meditations have this uh, beneficial suggestion um, in the middle of them to be more calm or to um, be less anxious, whatever you, whatever you want to put in there. A lot of guided meditation teachers don't realize that they're kind of doing hypnosis. I see a lot of uh, the same language patterns pulled directly from the foundations of hypnosis that are brought into guided meditations. And I don't know if they're doing that intentionally or if it's just kind of a bleeding over effect and it's just something they found that's really effective but long-term meditators often say when they go into hypnosis for the first time that it just feels like a really deep guided meditation session very interesting um i mean i'm i'm just trying to process this all in 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 rapid progression so first off you you also said something in there about was it the theta where you said that's also that's kind of the flow state because I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely researched a fair amount into the flow state and I'm very intrigued by it and, and have experienced it myself. Um, but I would, in my personal experience, I tap into a flow state in like an extreme scenario or, or maybe yeah. a risky scenario where am I mistaken or correct where you were talking about where you could get into that flow state into that deep relaxed version as well. Um, do you know how that would differ there or is it just two different types of flow state there or could you just explain that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So I call myself the adventure hypnotist because I work with people 
who are wanting to be adventurous, whether it's traveling or uh, outdoor adventure like myself. I do a lot of hiking and climbing and that kind of thing. And I absolutely know what you mean. The flow state, it's not always relaxing. Sometimes you're in an extremely harrowing situation and you need all of your senses firing at once. And those are those are still the same brainwave patterns. Like we're still kind of dropping in. Hypnosis does not have to be relaxing to be effective. Let's say it that way. And uh, when you're in that light trance or you're in that flow state, have you ever noticed that everything around you, what's not important just tends to fall away? Yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely had that. And I've, I've also had it go as far as, and again, in, in my research into the flow state where, essentially the subconscious mind can almost like take over and, and you lose time and you lose memory and, and it's kind of this trippy state. Um, is that the same? Like, are you tapping into the subconscious with hypnosis or is that still like where, you know, kind of on the line is that with the conscious mind versus subconscious and auto suggestion and stuff? Absolutely. You're completely, you know, tapping into that unconscious part of yourself and that, time dilation, that losing sense of time and space around you, that is a very common hypnosis um, or is a very common sign that you are in a hypnotic state. And when you are, when you're doing hypnosis, you're essentially communicating with that unconscious part of you. That part of you ranges from the parts that uh, operates your heart valves and your liver enzymes and your, your breathing. And it's also the part of you that runs your coping mechanisms, your, um, strategies for emotional health and when you're in when you're in hypnosis you are essentially saying to your unconscious mind that it's okay it's safe to be open to new suggestions at this time and people often ask you know is hypnosis mind control but i always remind them that your unconscious mind that part of you that is active in that flow state it's one goal is to keep you safe and by extension of that to keep you happy and if at any time you give a suggestion in hypnosis that it doesn't agree with, it's not going to, it's not going to follow it. It's going to either bring you out of trance or it's just going to ignore it entirely. Very interesting. So are, are you almost saying that you can use hypnosis as a tool or a way to tap into that flow state? Absolutely. I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Edison who actually used like rudimentary hypnosis to um, get to that deep theta creative state, he would put himself into a self-hypnosis trance or he would start to um, go deep into meditation essentially. And he would have a heavy ball bearing in his hand and he'd sit in his favorite chair. And just as his muscles were relaxing, as he's falling asleep, as he's about to like drop out of Delta or out of theta, the ball bearing would fall out of his hand and he'd wake himself up. And by that, he was conditioning himself to access that theta state consciously while he was still awake. And hypnosis has been used by (laughs) some of the best minds um, to help us sharpen our senses and to uh, really tap into that. It's been used by Einstein. It was used by Winston Churchill. It's used by Mozart, by I believe Nikola Tesla as well. Uh, Some of the big names out there. Um, have really just benefited from hypnosis and accessing those deep parts of themselves. Okay, this is this is super interesting, and I'm I'm very intrigued. Um, you also earlier on you were talking about the different states of the mind um, between alpha, beta, theta, and I forget maybe what the third one was. Um, but when you were saying meditation or self meditation, you're going into the alpha state where you're doing actually like rapid thinking. Um, versus the theta, which would be more of like a guided meditation. And that's where everything slows down. Um, I guess, why is it that when you're doing it via self-meditation, you're, you're speeding up the thought process and whereas guided, you would slow it down? I actually, mm, I cannot give like a scientific answer for that, but I think in my personal experience, it's because you have a guide, like in guided meditation, your brain feels safe. It feels safe enough to slow down because when your brain is slowing down, it's not able to pick up predators or all these other things that our brains are wired to pick up. When you are um, in solo meditation, you are focusing on one point, on one thing, whether it's your breath or a mantra or something. 
And your brain is extremely active in that time. It is running through all its thoughts. It is processing the world around us. What a lot of people don't realize in hypnosis is that the unconscious is always listening. It's the same reason that when a person goes in for surgery, the doctors are extremely um, careful about what they say because their mind will pick up on negative suggestions and will, you know, negative things like that. And when you're in solo meditation, your mind is still observing your environment. That's why it, uh, it's, you know, if something breaks out like a fire or an alarm goes off in your house, it's going to wake you up and bring you out of that. I think that in guided meditation and hypnosis, your brain is essentially giving that trust to the person guiding you to say, I know for just this brief amount of time that you're going to keep me safe and I can feel safe enough to drop into those deeper states. Interesting. Can Do you think that you could also, you know, tap into like a, a theta state via solo? Like I, I'm just trying to think in myself because I, I, in my, you know, solo meditation, um, I could totally understand how I'm doing that rapid thinking because I very regularly am rapid thinking. But I'm I'm now thinking if I'm laying in bed like about to go to sleep or or something like that, I'm maybe more likely to be in that theta state. Is that correct? Where I'm That's correct. It's it's that slower state. Also great ideas can come at that time, but it's a different state ver- via like one my body's kind of slowing down and maybe more of the subconscious is kicking in whereas in the alpha state, I'm maybe more bringing ideas to my subconscious. Is is that kind of the difference there? Yeah, absolutely. I would say if you are looking to do it solo, like to get to that theta state, there are multiple ways you can get there. You can either do meditation for, uh, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, like the monks who uh, are able to drop down into that deep state. Um, you can do guided meditations and lit and I would say the best way that I've found to get to that state is to have someone help you get there, like a hypnotist or a guided meditation teacher, and then remember what that feels like and then get back to that state. Because oftentimes when we're first meditating and getting into that theta state, we don't know what target we're aiming for. And so when I teach people self-hypnosis, I uh, I first tried to like give them all the basics and explain it, ver- you know, and what, what, what it felt like for me. And then I finally realized I should just hypnotize them and show them so they know what it feels like for them and then give them the tools to get back there. That's amazing. And, and that makes total sense. I mean, essentially, it's hard to get anywhere where, if you don't know where you're going, right? So like, mm-hmm. that, and that, that can be, you know, extruded to any aspect of life, uh, goal setting or, you know, physically driving somewhere, anything. If, you're never really going to get there if you don't know exactly where you're going. And it makes perfect sense with guided meditation or anything like that, where if you don't know what the feeling that you're seeking or the state um, of mind that you're, you know, chasing or seeking, you're never going to know if you've achieved it or if you've got there. Um, Mm -hmm. So Doug, can you also just explain? So, I mean, you've got different courses and stuff like that on using, you know, hypnosis for weight loss or to, um, lower your anxiety and, and different things like that. For me, when I think of weight loss, I think of exercise and, and eating healthy. How do you use hypnosis for something like weight loss? <laughs> Everyone thinks you just wave the magic hypnosis wand and someone drops 50 pounds. And it's, <laughs> it's not that at all. Hypnosis for weight loss is all about changing the thoughts, the habits, the identities behind the actual issue, which, you know, the symptoms of that issue is that you're gaining weight or you're not able to lose weight. But the actual problem is that you're still telling yourself, you know, I am unhealthy and you're still behaving in these ways, these habits that are perpetuating these things. And so what we do in weight loss hypnosis, we change the person at the identity level. We make them healthy and we help them believe in their own mind that they are healthy. And then we work on those habits, those unconscious drives, those emotions that used to trigger those binge eating thing experiences and um, that difficulty in losing weight. And then after that, once you change the mental game, it's all about just the body catching up. And so the the weight, you know, it falls off naturally like a, a pound or two a week. It's not something that you can go in like three weeks before the holidays and 
um, drop a hundred pounds before your in-laws show up. It's something that is a, a long-term, it's a long-term goal and it's a long-term journey. And it's just about getting the mental frame in the right uh, mindset in the right area. Interesting. So is, is essentially we're using hypnosis for, are you creating auto suggestion or essentially just changing the beliefs of the self? Is that kind of the, the gist of it there? I would say more changing the beliefs of the self. I mean, every time we access a memory, we're physically restructuring it at the protein level in our brains. And I would also say, um, you mentioned auto suggestion. I would say I work more with anchors in that, uh, to give me an example, like perhaps every time you see a red Ferrari, then you feel powerful and awesome. Or um, perhaps every time that you see the color purple, you feel calm and relaxed. And these anchors are coming up all the time in our own life. I mean, think of the anchor, you know, the experiences, the emotions that fire every time you sit down at the driver's seat of your car or sit down in a kayak or go on a hike. Those things are anchored in our memories and they're firing unconsciously. And so we are just doing that intentionally. We're creating anchors that they want, say in like weight loss, um, perhaps every time they open the fridge, instead of you know just perusing something to eat because they're bored, they instead look for something that's healthy and ask themselves if they're actually hungry for it or if they're just bored. Very interesting. So the, the other thing that you mentioned earlier, um, you talked about mind control and essentially how, whether, you know, hypnosis has that negative connotation with that. Is that even possible? I kind of, I, I'm doubtful, but like, is that even like a thing or is that just like a, a bad rep that, um, <laughs> that hip, hypnotists have? Oh, it's, it's not possible at all. And it's this bad rep that has been hanging around for so long and I think it's very interesting how meditation and mindfulness has kind of skyrocketed in the last decades, but my, uh, hypnosis, which is very similar, has really just lagged behind in the dark ages about it. I mean, it's oh, in, here in America, it's very kind of woo-woo yet, but over in Europe, it's been studied for 150 years, and it's kind of an accepted part of their practice over there. And hypnosis as mind control, it's it just doesn't hold up because as we said, we're working with that unconscious part of your mind that's keeping you safe. And for anyone who uses the example, you know, look at the people on stage who are doing absolutely ridiculous things. Those people volunteered to be on that stage. That was part of that unspoken contract that said, you know, if you want to come on the stage, you're probably going to do some ridiculous things. And when someone comes into the therapy room or a client session, they're not expecting to do those ridiculous things. And so they don't. Instead, they're expecting to have awesome results and they're expecting to make those results very quickly. And that's typically what happens. Cool. So, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, the subconscious mind, where it sounds to me like the subconscious has already agreed or has not agreed to do various things. Whereas like if, if you were to go to a show and someone, you know, pulls you up on stage, subconsciously, you're already thinking, I might be walking around this stage like a chicken if he puts me through this, you know, hypnotic trance. Whereas if you were to go yeah. to a hypnotherapist, that is not part of the deal in the subconscious mind. But what you might be thinking if you're going there for, you know, uh, weight loss or something like that, you might be open to the idea in the subconscious mind that I'm open to letting go of negative food habits. That is, Absolutely. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Absolutely. And as an example, if someone comes to me for weight loss and I try to give them suggestions about uh, meditating, if they're not in that frame of mind, they're not going to accept that suggestion either. So even if it's a beneficial suggestion, if they don't agree with it, it doesn't stick. And that's why before each session in those first 10 to 15 minutes, I'm always working with a client to define their problem in their terms and also build those suggestions beforehand because I found that if I gave someone suggestions that seemed, you know, they're, they were right for me, they didn't always last because they didn't vibe with that person's unconscious by getting a person to help me craft those suggestions in their own language. It makes it much more likely that the unconscious is going to accept those because in a way it already has. Interesting. Um, that's that's super cool. And so I guess, 
yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's all really has to do with the subconscious mind. And the next thing that I'm just kind of thinking as I'm I'm trying to process this all, how long does it take to get into uh, a hypnotic st- uh, state or, or trance? That depends. I mean, there are some rapid inductions that take seconds. There are some uh, progressive muscle relaxation that takes 20 minutes. Uh, for me, I find that sweet spot right between... Um, I would say two minutes to five minutes. Sometimes it takes up to 10 minutes to get someone really relaxed if they've never done hypnosis before, but just like meditation, it's a muscle that you build. And so I personally do self hypnosis almost every day. And so I can get into that hypnotic trance very quickly. Whereas someone who is coming to me for the first time, it might take them that full 10 minutes to really get into that deep state if they've never accessed it before. Interesting. So, I mean, I'm just <clears throat> thinking about how everything we're, we're talking about here. Is it even possible? So I'm, I'm just wondering, could you even hypnotize me like over Zoom like this? Is that even, or, or like, could you hypnotize all of the listeners via like a podcast <laughs> audio? Like, is that a thing? Absolutely. So my business, I built it completely online even before COVID shut everything down. And so that's what I do. I do hypnosis over Zoom with clients. And, um, I have heard, and there's a lot of podcasts out there who uh, use guided meditations and hypnosis. It's the same basic concept. As long as you're in that comfortable place and you're willing to do it, it's perfectly fine. Now, I always give the standard disclaimer, like if someone is listening to this in their car, um, you've got to, you know, give that disclaimer so that you, you know, protect yourself legally. But um, yeah, it's absolutely something you can do over a podcast. Interesting. I mean, do you, let's. Do you want to try one right now? I'm totally intrigued right now whether or not you, like I could go into a hypnotic state. Or yeah. I mean, either way, I've got a I've got another part of the the episode that I want to jump into the fire round. But just while we're talking here, you've got me very intrigued on whether or not you can hypnotize me over, you know, Zoom and via the podcast, and the Absolutely. same with our listeners. I would love to do that. Uh, first, I would say. What's something that you want to work on? Something, something small, because you know, let's let's aim for like two to five minutes here. Something also that your podcast audience would benefit from. Okay. Um. I mean, a lot of my goals in life are are not usually that small. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> the the two things that come up into my mind of things that I'm essentially working on or going into 2021. Uh, things that I would like to to work on. One would be uh, to be a better parent, uh, and maybe that's better listening with my children or focusing more time and energy on them. Uh, another one would be to provide more for my family, um, probably more in like a, a financial state. So I don't know mm-hmm. if either of those are small things that you could do quickly, but we could, yeah, we could definitely work on those. I mean, we're not going to solve it, but yeah. we can definitely increase the motivation for that. Um, which one would be a better fit for your audience for just people listening in? I mean, I'm just taking a wild guess that let's go with the, well, let's go with upping our finances being that I feel like everybody in the world, if you told them like, Hey, do you want to be hypnotized to make more money? They probably would say, sure, I'll give it a shot. All right. I'm just writing that down. Upping finances. Yeah, of course we can do that. Are you ready right now? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. And I guess to, let's do a disclaimer, yeah. like like what you were saying. If you're driving, you please. To everyone listening, if you are driving, if you're doing anything where you need your full attention, whether that's, I don't know, operating machinery or running a steamroller or baking a cake or something, make sure you pause this podcast because what you're about to experience, it most likely will take you to that deep state. And if you're doing something you need to focus on, do that and then come back to this. But if you're ready, go ahead and just listen in and just enjoy this follow along and I'm going to make these cues more general so that um, so that everyone listening in can really enjoy this. So are you ready to begin? Yeah, let's do this, Doug. All right. Are you in a comfortable place? I am in a very comfortable place. Excellent. Go ahead and sit back and place your hands face down on your lap or on your desk, wherever's comfortable for you. Take a deep breath in and close your eyes now if you haven't already. That's right. And as you do this, just know that your unconscious mind is keeping you safe and is working for your best interest, always. And with that, imagine now placing your arm on an imaginary shelf 
beside you. Go ahead and lift your arm physically and place it on a shelf beside you in the air. That's right. You're doing this perfectly because your unconscious mind is already perfectly equipped with the tools to make this happen now. And with every breath you take and with every word you hear and with every moment that passes, you can simply go deeper now. That's right. And since you've reached this deep, unconscious state where your mind is able to access all the resources that it needs, that's right, to make these changes, specifically changes around increasing our wealth and upping our finances for 2021 and beyond so that you can have a truly awesome life. And in a moment, I'm going to give your unconscious mind a few direct suggestions that it can adopt as its own to help you improve your finances and make amazing wealth for yourself. Money comes easily to you. Money comes to you in a way you enjoy. You can find exactly what you like doing and make a living out of doing it. Money is simply a measure of freedom and therefore it's good to have money and to use it wisely. And now, since you're in this deep state, your unconscious mind knows the last few things that are blocking you from achieving the wealth and the financial freedom that you're looking for. And I ask your unconscious mind to remove those blockages now. That's right. You may be feeling sensations as your mind and perhaps your body start to change. Or perhaps you're feeling nothing at all. Either way, you can simply relax knowing that your mind is already making those changes. And in a moment, I'm going to count you up from one up to five. And when I reach five, your unconscious mind will have installed and brought online all the changes that it's already made in this session. You don't have to do anything at all, but simply relax now. That's right.
starting with one, can begin to come back to the surface, feeling different, feeling three times as energized and as successful as before you began. And eyes open, wide awake on five. Hi. How was that for you? That was cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. I guess we can be hypnotized um, <laughs> via a podcast or, or over Zoom. Um, yeah, no, that Absolutely. was awesome, Doug. Thanks. Well, you bet. Uh, yeah, I really hope you're. I really hope the listeners enjoyed that as well. Yeah, thanks. I'm. I'm intrigued to see how that um, all plays into effect moving into the future and into 2021. I guess. Um, <laughs> you got it. But yeah, no, I, I definitely see how something like that would be much more like a guided meditation, really, than than maybe like a stage show that I think of when yeah. I think of like hypnosis or a hypnotist. Um, Absolutely. And that brief, that brief example was um, a very, a very small portion of what I do. When I'm working with a client, I'm typically doing that hypnosis for at least half an hour, sometimes up to 45 minutes or an hour, 75 minutes. And so I'm using a lot more of the, the deepeners and the language patterns uh, to anyone listening. That is a great example of it, but it is not the it is probably not, I should say, it is probably not the full depth that you go into in an actual session. It's a good taste though. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I also would imagine that the longer the time period, the deeper that you can go and therefore the more effective um, tapping into that subconscious mind you would get. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I will say that you can make some very powerful changes very quickly if the person is ready to make those changes. Um, hypnosis have to be long to be effective. I actually give out uh, a free hypnotic test drive on my Instagram. And that's where I give free hypnosis sessions every Friday. Cool. And those are just like 10 to 20 minutes. But I'm using the same technique that I use with clients in session. And so even though they're brief, I'm still able to help people with some very powerful changes in their life. Wow. That's awesome. And, and Doug, where can people uh, access that via what's your, what's your Instagram handle there for people to go check that out? My Instagram handle is at make more meaning. And that's because I run the making meaning podcast. So that's at making meaning on Instagram. At making your meaning. Oh, at yeah. making your meaning. Sorry. You, you cut out there for a second on, yep. on my channel. Um, gotcha. Perfect. Well, that's awesome. And I definitely will have to go check that out and highly encourage uh, anybody else who wants to maybe tap into uh, hypnosis to go check Doug, Doug out on uh, on Instagram and check him out at Making Your Meaning. Um, Doug, I'm going to move us on to the next segment of the show that I call the fire round. Um, do you have a favorite quote that you live by? Oh. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was a quote attributed to Albert Einstein. And it's not, or I should say it, it goes, try not to be a man of, uh, try not to be a man of genius or success or something like that. Try to be instead a man of value. And that's really stuck with me because there are so many different avenues that we try to be, like we try to be successful or we try to be really fit or we try to mold ourselves to society's example but really what it comes down to is what value am i bringing to the world because that's where we feel fulfillment i mean we can have ever, all all the wealth and everything in the world and we can be able to do all these things but unless we're really bringing value to our fellow man we're not really feeling that fulfillment very cool i definitely i i think that's amazing and i'm a big proponent as well of trying to bring value um to every scenario that i can in life uh, Doug, do you also, do you have a favorite book um, or current book that you might be reading or anything that, that, you know, that has inspired you along the way? Oh, I would, I would take that two days, one nonfiction and one fiction. Um, my fiction favorite book is the Poisonwood Bible, and that's by Barbara Kingsolver. And it's about four, it's, I should say it's about five women who are brought to Democrat, Democratic Republic of the Congo I think in the 1950s when it was going through its revolution. And it talks about faith. It talks about um, 
things that are outside of our control. I read that at very, uh, very poignant time in my life when I was struggling myself, but it shaped me in such a way because I also, I, I think I mentioned that at one point I wanted to be a fiction author and it's, it's not only beautifully written, but the concepts that are given to the reader through such beautiful language, they really, they're, they're really packed with wisdom. I would say that nonfiction, one of my favorite books, oh, I've got to go back to a very, you know, Tony Robbins books. Um, one of my favorite is Money Master the Game. And that has really helped me build my own wealth and really helped me build financial freedom that has allowed me to pursue these adventures. And um, Tony Robbins is, a lot of people don't know, he's kind of, he's kind of a hypnotist. Um, he espouses NLP, which is a, a practice that evolved out of hypnosis, but he, he doesn't really brand himself as a hypnotist, I guess, for the masses. But uh, money, master the game. That would be probably my best nonfiction. Awesome. I, I've, uh, I've read Money, Master the Game. I've got it on my bookshelf behind me. And uh, it's, it's a thick read, it's, you know, yeah. but it's filled with tons of information. And also, I highly uh, encourage anybody, especially if one of your goals are maybe like one of mine, uh, to increase um, finances for 2021, I would definitely go check out that book. And as far as the Poisonwood Bible, my wife has read that, and it's also on our bookshelf. So maybe I'll have to pick that one up and check it out too. And as far as Tony Robbins goes... When we were earlier on talking about uh, hypnosis, I was he was one of the people that I was thinking of um, because I would say a lot of his stuff is that you know hypnosis slash um, you know guided meditation or auto suggestion. So I could totally see how he would use a lot of those techniques um, in yeah. in what he does as well. Yeah, to clarify that just a little bit, he uses neurolinguistic programming. That's his big thing. And that NLP, let's call it that, it's yeah. a short name, that was developed by researchers in California who studied hypnotists and therapists and essentially broke down what it was that made them effective. So it's not exactly hypnosis, but it's got a very strong foundation in that. Interesting. I mean, we could, you know, dive off on a different tangent, but what is the, the differences? Is there, a, you know, a brief or quick way to explain it or do we have to go deep yeah. into the weeds on that? Most of the time, hypnosis is where you're closing your eyes and you're going to that deep, relaxing state. Whereas NLP, you can do with your eyes open, you can do in extreme situations. Um, NLP is a very good one for what, what they call waking hypnosis, where you can make changes on the fly if you are driving or doing something adventurous, or if you're about to go into a board meeting, if you need to be in a more, um, more powerful, more empowered state, NLP is a great tool for that. Very cool. Very cool. I'll definitely have to look more into uh, NLP as well. Um, Doug, if you could go back into time, any time in your life, and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh. I guess I didn't really want to take it too deep because, uh, I don't know, but that's the only suggestion my mind is giving me. I was a very depressed person for a long time, and I had suicidal ideation and I think I'd want to go back to that time when I was at my lowest point and just, for one, show myself that I was still alive because part of me didn't think I would be here. But I'd also want to show myself that I'm living a, a life that I didn't think was possible. And I'm living it much, much sooner than I even thought was, was possible. We talk a lot about giving hope to people who are in those dark states, but... I think the biggest hope for me that I want to give myself is that hope that it's going to be all right. You're going to be alive. And the dreams that you have already achieved in your life will blow you away. That's amazing. I, I love that. First off, uh, I'm glad that you're here as well. So thanks for that, Doug. And ironically, when I asked that question, I would say the vast majority of people all have a very similar answer. And that is to go back and tell themselves it's all going to be okay. And so yeah. for anybody out there listening, it's all going to be okay. And, you know, I would say there's a, there's a good percentage that if you could be in the future, your future self would come back and tell you that. So I, I try to remind myself that too, if I'm having, you know, a hard day or anything, just like, it's all going to be okay. Everything's going to mm -hmm. kind of come out in the wash in the end. Um, 
Doug, what would be one lesson that you have learned uh, recently, whether it's through success or through a mistake that maybe you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say that we are more able to influence our own emotions than I ever thought possible. When I was in those dark states, I thought that these emotions were, they were unshakable. They were just like these iron fortresses that I had to, I don't know, conquer or blow up or do something. But our emotions and our emotional states are so easily malleable, whether you're using meditation or NLP or hypnosis or just going for a walk. Simply changing your body posture and your exercise level will change your emotions. I would say that it's amazing just how quickly we can change that. And I also have realized just how much our brain is on our own side. When I was struggling, I always thought my brain was the enemy or my brain was trying to hurt me. But your brain is only doing the things it's doing because it believes it's helping you. Otherwise, you know, it, it wouldn't be working in your best interest and your brain is a part of you. So it's trying to help itself out. But every single coping mechanism from depression to anxiety to drinking to sex addiction, those were developed because your brain thought it was helping you. It saw, an op- it saw that this worked once. And so it said, well, maybe let's just extrapolate this to the rest. I would say our emotional states are very malleable. And our brain, no matter what, is always on our side. Interesting. Very, very cool. Um, Doug, if you were to leave this earth today um, and everything that you've done, all your courses, your podcast, everything was to go with you, and all that you were left was with one piece of paper and a pen, and you could write down three truths to leave as... I don't know if you want to say your legacy or just lessons learned in life. What were those three truths be? Oh gosh, that's a good one. My first one, the past does not define you. Uh, I had a, I had some very, I had a lot of struggles in my past, but that does not define where I'm at today. It's a foundation, but it's not, it's not permanent. The second one, we are more powerful than we realize whether we change ourselves or we change the world it's simply by progressing and i'd say i'd say that's my that's my third one small daily actions will make a bigger impact than i don't know taking a leap of faith or taking a a hail mary pass small daily actions will get you to your dream no matter what those are all incredible that's uh, Those are three great truths there, Doug. Um, thank you so very much for joining me. This has just been an amazing uh, interview. I definitely enjoyed being hypnotized by you and look forward to uh, great success with that. I also try to add value like what you said earlier uh, in this show. And so, Doug, is there anything that you're focusing on right now that either I or maybe my listeners could help you out with? Ooh, I would say the podcast. Uh, the Making Meaning podcast, that's where I interview adventurous people who are really taking charge of their life. And it doesn't have to be like you're a mountain biker or a world traveler. I've, I'm interviewing people who are struggling um, through mental illness or who have come from a very religious background and are breaking through that. I would say first, if anyone, if that kind of fits your description, definitely reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the show. Otherwise, I would encourage people to check it out on their favorite uh, podcasting app and just rate and review it because it's still very young. I think I've only got about 10 episodes out, but I've got so many backlogged. I've got up until I think February or March. And so it's growing. It's a very young project, but it's been on my mind for a couple of years now, and I'm very excited to get started into it. Very cool. So Uh, Anybody out there that wants to go check out Doug's podcast, it's Making Meaning and definitely highly encourage other people to go listen to it. I've listened to a couple episodes and who knows, maybe I'll have to uh, join you on there in the future as well. Um, Doug, thank you so much for joining me. For anybody else out there that wants to connect with you, what would be, you know, the best place for someone to reach you at? Hmm. Probably my website, anywherehypnosis.com. If they want to just shoot me a question or something if they don't want to send it like a formal email 
probably it. Find me on Instagram, my handle, you know, at making your meeting. That's I'm checking that every day as I'm building up content and everything. And so that's probably the best place. Perfect. So anybody out there, if you want to connect with Doug, go check him out on Instagram or hit him up on his website. And my final question for you, what is your definition of awesome? That is a great question. I've never been asked that before. My definition of awesome is being able to live the life that you want and that you know you are capable of. Not just a life that is comfortable and everything, but where you're pushing yourself to constantly grow and constantly try new things. I'd say a life of awesome is where you are comfortable with discomfort, where you are constantly on the edge of your comfort zone, expanding and growing because that's at the end of, at the end of our lives, that's really what's go- what we're going to look back on and appreciate. I, I mean, that's amazing and truly is awesome. So thank you again so very much, uh, Doug, for joining us. This has been just incredible. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, you've dropped some some real nuggets of gold out here. Uh, again, I highly encourage anybody out there listening to go check out uh, Doug's website and some more of his hypnosis on his Instagram. And for anybody listening, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you got any value out of this show, I highly encourage you guys to share this with a friend, a family member, or anybody that you think might also get some value out of this show as we're just trying to continue to grow our message, grow our community, and sharing it out is the best way to do that. So thank you guys all so much for joining me. I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.